At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Hour number three of the look at right here on Beeson, the Sports Bank Network. Craig Oaks Peterson pulling it down for Scott Seidenberg, who did a terrific job earlier. I guess you can call it now yesterday on the nightcap. So it is now a brand spanking new day for those of you guys listening to this live. It is midnight Pacific, 3 a.m. Eastern. If you're listening to the replay of this, it is 3 a.m. Pacific, 6 a.m. Eastern, which will mean that an hour from now, you're going to be able to hear Follow the Money. So always be on the lookout for that. Mitch and Polly do an absolutely terrific job there. Always happy to be, I guess you could call it preluding them. I guess you could call it very back end of the day as well. Whichever way you want to look at it. All I know is that it's just great to be able to talk some sports with you guys in general. And it is great that we've got championship games out there in college football as well. We've got a pair of them. That is going to be going down on Friday. Obviously, you've got the real meat and potatoes that is going to be happening on Saturday. But we've got a nice little appetizer with two of these. You know, obviously, you don't have playoff implications with regards to the Pac-12 title game. But you certainly do have a bid to a New Year's Six game that is going to be on the line between Oregon and Utah. This is one that is going to be a little bit later. 5 o'clock p.m. Pacific. It is 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern with Utah finding themselves in a lot of spots, a two-and-a-half-point favorite. You're going to be able to find some threes with a little bit more even juice as well. And when it comes to the total, we've seen it dip a little bit. It's now anywhere between 57-and-a-half and 58 after it opened up in the realm of about 59-and-a-half and 60. And if you guys heard the first hour of the show, I wound up having Pam Maldonado of Yahoo Sports on, and she was talking about really liking the under in the spot, and I'm right there with you. When it comes to this Oregon team, I mean, you always think about, just that high-flying option offense. You always think of 
the Chip Kelly days, and gone are those days. Now, with Oregon, you do have a nice dual threat over there at quarterback that's able to do a nice job of being able to create as well with Anthony Brown, but I, I wound up having my big, giant issues with them prior to that loss against Utah. It always felt like they were playing things closer than they needed to against teams like Arizona, Washington, and then it wound up just really nipping them in the tuck. You take a look at the first time that these two teams wound up playing. Oregon was only able to get seven points on the board. Now, you've got a Utah team that what they do a really good job of with guys like Cameron Riesling and company, they don't turn the ball over, which I do think is going to be very important in this game, but got a Utah bunch that they're just absolutely nasty on defense. They don't necessarily create the most takeaways in the world, but they are able to get a couple of those as well when it comes to Oregon. When you take a look at the guys on the outside, Devin Williams is relatively solid, but you don't necessarily have the guys that are able to take a top off of a defense. Meanwhile, you've also got Travis Sy as well, and he wound up having six carries for 29 yards in that game. I think that a little bit more of that was due to the disparity because you take a look at most games, he's probably going to give you 20-plus carries, and I do think that Oregon is going to take a look back at the tape that they wound up having a few weeks ago, and they're going to realize, ah, we should probably give Travis Sy the ball a little bit more, and I think that that's going to be part of it as well. But you do take a look at this Utah team, and they do a tremendous job on the ground as well. A big thing when it comes to Utah is just being able to eat up a little bit of clock. This has been one of the better defenses in all of college football, and it's very complimentary. You have yourself a good defense, and you also wind up having yourself a good ground game as well. Now, they've been dealing with a couple of ailments when it comes to their ground and pound sort of game as well, but I do think that Utah should be able to win this game, even though it is a little bit of a revenge spot. As we all remember, Oregon going on the road to Utah a few weeks ago, that wanted pretty much ending their college football playoff hopes. You know that Oregon would love nothing more than to be able to be able to rectify that. But at the same time, I just don't think that they're going to be able to do so because I just think that Utah is a little bit more of a balanced team. They wound up having a couple of losses towards the early part of the season, but you take a look at Tavion Thomas. I mean, this guy's been absolutely amazing for Utah. He's all up to 18 touchdowns. He's rushed for nearly 1,000 yards. He's able to do a good job of being able to give you those big chunk plays, but at the same time, when you need him in like a third and two to pick up three yards, he's able to do that as well. So a very well-rounded running back. So I think that that is going to be very important in this game as well. And I just take a look at Utah in general. I love the way that this team has been able to round into form. They've really been able to take care of their business as well. I feel like that is something that is currently hurting this Oregon team as well. So I take a look at the spot. I side with Bam Maldonado on the under. And especially if you're getting a two and a half, it's always critical to be shopping the line, especially when it comes to critical numbers in football, whether it be college football or the NFL. It's a little bit bigger when it comes to the NFL, just because with college, you'll find more teams going for two, a little bit more scoring in general. But still, I do think that it's of the utmost importance to be taking a look and trying to get the best of it. If you like Oregon, trying to get a three, I think is massive. If you like Utah, trying to get a two and a half, with as little of juice as possible. Also big, I side with Utah, so I'm going to be looking to lay a two and a half here with them. The other game that is really going to be going down on this college football Friday is going to be the fact that you've got the Conference USA Championship. It is Miley Cyrus's favorite conference, as you've got a party in Conference USA with UTSA and Western Kentucky doing battle. And with Western Kentucky, they wound up opening up as the underdog. Now they are the three and a half point favorite. Total on this game is 72 and a half. I know that Pam likes the over in this spot. I'm a little bit more tepid on it. I'm not wanting to take an under in a game which has Western Kentucky. It is a big total, though. But I do take a look at what you've been able to get out of Western Kentucky on offense. 
Not a team that's going to run the ball a lot, but Bailey Zappé has been terrific for the team. He's up to darn near 5,000 yards and 52 touchdowns. I mean, it is absolutely insane. This is a Western Kentucky team that scored at least 42 points in each out of the last five weeks. Now, what I will say for Western Kentucky as well, 21 points are fewer given up in each out of the last five weeks, which is why the total is something that I probably just won't be diving into. But UT San Antonio was getting all the hype because they had their undefeated season going before they wound up going to North Texas. But I felt like a little bit of it was smoke and mirrors. They wound up having a very close game the week before against UAB. You take a look at some of those wins, and I feel like a lot of people were getting hyped up about UTSA when they wound up knocking off Illinois on the road. But we found out Illinois, not necessarily a great program right now. They wound up having a very close squeaker against Memphis as well when these two teams wound up facing off earlier in the year, by the way. 52 to 46. It was UTSA was able to go on the run and they were able to get the win, but I feel like ever since that game, Western Kentucky has been able to reinvent themselves a little bit. They've been able to find themselves a tad bit more. And when it comes to the Roadrunners as well, Frank Harris, I mean, it cannot be understated what he's been able to do this year. I mean, this is someone that has been able to do a very solid job as well. So I think that that is going to be very important. He wound up having six passing touchdowns in that game, but I mean, in the last three weeks combined, he's had five. So we've seen a little bit of a drop-off there. He went just 7-14 in the team's last game as well. So that is something that is a little bit of an issue. And a North Texas team, which let's call it what it is, they aren't necessarily the class of Conference USA right now. They want to bludgeoning this UTSA team for 340 yards on the ground. It is not the forte of Western Kentucky, but if Western Kentucky get, get a little bit of the ground game going and then they wind up having everything that they do, I mean, that just makes things all the worse for this UTSA team. UTSA, I just felt like was getting by a little bit easily towards the beginning part of the season. So when it comes to the spot, I do think that the line move is correct now. Now getting at three and a half, I mean, it has really passed you by at this point. I know that myself and Pam in the first hour, we're also talking about betting in-game a little bit. Maybe you wind up seeing UTSA go down. They wind up getting a touchdown. They go wind up going up 14 to three or something like that. Being able to bet in-game is something that I think is actually a very good option in this spot. But I do think that Western Kentucky should be able to pull it off. Wouldn't be surprised if they pull it off by a touchdown as well. So that's where I'm looking with regards to Friday's college football games. And then the other one that I think is going to be really intriguing, I was talking about this a little bit earlier, and I know that Scott Seidenberg on the nightcap wanted to bring up this trend. Out of the last 10 Big Ten championship games, eight have seen the underdog be able to cover. I don't think that Iowa's going to be able to win outright against Michigan, but you've got a game which has darn near the lowest total of any of these conference championship games that you're going to be seeing right around a 43 and a half. And you've right now got Michigan, who's finding themselves as a 10.5 point favorite. And I think that this is a little bit aggressive, especially with now having the hook on the 10. I'm even seeing a couple of 11s out there as well. Now, when it comes to Michigan, what I do like about this team is the fact that they just do a terrific job with regards to the passing game. Because I know that many of you guys are thinking, why do they do that? When they need it, they go to it. And it doesn't wind up hurting them. They know that their bread and butter is being able to go on the ground. I mean, you wound up seeing five rushing touchdowns from Hassan Haskins last week, but whenever they need to make a pass, they always do so very prolifically. When they're in a third and seven, they're able to trust in Cade McNamara to, one, be able to pick it up, and two, not turn over the ball, which is a big thing as well. Sometimes 
a three and out is not the worst result that you can wind up having on drive. It's a turnover, and Michigan has been able to avoid that. Meanwhile, you've got an Iowa team that they do a tremendous job of being able to force some turnovers. They've been able to do a very good job on the ground this year as well. So you've got a little bit of a strength-on-strength approach. Now, I had a little bit of trepidation with regards to Iowa coming into this because you did wind up seeing them struggle with with a Nebraska team that for some reason was a favorite last week. I will just still continue to say it. That was the most befuddling line I've ever seen in the history of college football. Many of you guys, you might be around a little bit longer than I have to see one that's a little bit more strange. But when I took a look at Nebraska being a favorite in that game, I was like, all right, what the heck is going on here? I wound up taking the bait, wound up taking Iowa on the money line. Fortunately, they were able to make a little bit of a comeback. But when it comes to Iowa as well, Passing game, not necessarily terrific for this team. We're going to just call it what it is. But Tyler Goodson, I do think he's going to be able to rack up a little bit of something on the ground as well. A Michigan team that has been very solid at being able to bottle up the ground game. But you take a look at Goodson, 132 plus yards in three of the last four weeks. So while Michigan has a better running game in this spot, Iowa certainly has one that doesn't involve involve slouches either. And what I think is just going to be so critical for Iowa being able to win the turnover battle, whether that be just being able to force Michigan into one and not turning it over themselves, whether it be them turning it over once, being able to force Michigan into two. I just think that that is so big in this spot. And what I will say for Iowa, zero interceptions the last three weeks. So I do think that taking 10.5 points here is all with Iowa. I don't think that they're going to be able to pull off the win outright, but I do think that they present some value. We also have some value presented on the college basketball betting board for this Friday. So we are going to be hitting that next right here on the look at on VEASAN, the Sports Bank Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the 7 most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about 7 minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Got to get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. With just a few taps on the app, you can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. It's your one-stop shop. 
Angie can help you find the best price for your project by comparing quotes from multiple pros in just a few taps or book services at an upfront price based on local data. They get the difficulties that can come with home projects. They get it. Why not make it as simple as possible? Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com or download the app today. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. right here on Visa, the sports site network, Greg Hoops Pearson coming at you, filling in for Scott Seidenberg, and you got to live up to that nickname, Hoops, as you've got some good action that's going to be going down on this college basketball Friday, as we're going to have a really big slate on Saturday as well. I have no fear on the Greg Peterson experience at this same very time tomorrow. I'll be going through that, but with that said, let's take a look at what is going to be Perhaps soon the number one team in all of college basketball doing battle in a Big Ten battle, which the fact that we've got a Big Ten conference game here in very early December, it's still always weird for me. And shock, shock, surprise, surprise. We're seeing money coming out Purdue right now. As you've got Purdue versus Iowa, Iowa opens up in 11.5-point underdog. You're now finding them as a 12-point underdog total on this game. Shock, shock, surprise, surprise. It opened up at 159, and we've seen it go up. Is they were between a 160 and a half and a 161. And I do feel like this is a little bit overreactionary on Purdue. I don't think that this is necessarily something that's way far off. And Purdue has been absolutely amazing. I've got them now as my number one team in all of college basketball. I mean, there's no denying it. You've got Travion Williams down low along with Zach Eady. These guys are combining for right around like 30 points. Syria will give you seven boards apiece. And the fact that Travion Williams is right now coming off the bench for Purdue tells you all that you need to know about how talented this Purdue team is. But you also take a look at Iowa, and Keegan Murray has been able to step up. He's not quite Luka Garza. He's not quite as tall, but, I mean, still, this is someone that's doing an absolutely magnificent job for this team. 24.5 points, 8.5 boards, a block, a steal per game. And you've got an Iowa team that, they're really efficient. They turn the ball over fewer than nine times per game. In terms of turnovers on a per-possession basis, one of the best teams in all of college basketball. And really, ever since Fran McCaffrey took over the program, they've always been one of the best teams when it comes to assists per made field goal. They do a good job of being able to dish out the ball. Joe Toussaint, who wound up hitting that game winner against Virginia, has been able to do a solid job with right around four and a half assists per game. But also Jordan Bohannon, who is in college basketball for seemingly his 15th year. He's been absolutely tremendous for the team as well knocking down over 40% of his threes. He's able to chip in their 11 points per game. Now, what I will say for this Purdue team as well, they have been really knocking down their shots as well. Sasha Stefanovic, if he's not a top five shooter in all of college basketball, I don't know who is. He has been absolutely incredible. Purdue as a collective, they're shooting over 43% from three-point range. Jaden Ivey, the big knock I had on him last year was the fact that he shot sub 30% from three-point range. He's knocking down 43% of his shots. He's able to give you like six, seven rebounds. I mean, the list of accolades with him 
goes on and on. But this is an Iowa team that I feel like we wound up all devaluing a little bit too far coming into the season, myself included. I didn't know what we would be able to get without Luca Garza. But on top of that, C.J. Frederick and Joe Wieskamp as well. And this is an Iowa team that right now looks really darn solid. Now, they very nearly choked away that game against Virginia, but they were able to pull out the win, albeit against a Virginia team that's a tad bit down. But I take a look at the spot, and I wound up setting this line at 10.5. So here at 12, I do think that there is some good value with Iowa. And I actually take a little bit of a look at the under as well. With Purdue, they're incredibly efficient, but... With Purdue, what you're not going to get from this team is a team that's going to be looking to play with their hair on fire. You're not going to be getting a team that's looking to run and gun it. This is a team that they're going to play at a little bit more of a controlled tempo, and they've been pretty darn good on defense as well. So I take a look at this spot. I'm going to be taking a look at the points here when it comes to the Purdue Boilermakers. When it comes to this total, I set it more around at 158.5. So it's not like, oh boy, this is a game that is going to be like 70 to 72 or anything like that, but I think that we've won little bit too far here. So I'm going to be taking a look at an under, and I'm going to be taking a look at the points here with Iowa. We've got a game involving ACC teams as well. Apparently ACC conference play is starting up as well, which is just so strange to see. You wound up having some Pac-12 games last few days. Now you've got ACC, Big Ten, the Horizon League. list goes on and on of teams that are all of a sudden playing conference games. So it's clearly a new day and age when it comes to college basketball, but you got Notre Dame and Boston College. Notre Dame right now finds themselves as a home f- or a road favorite of four points in a lot of spots, seeing a couple straight three and a half. If you're seeing a three and a half, you're most likely laying minus 120 juice on it. But total on this game, you're finding it anywhere between a 133 and a half and a 134 and a half. And when it comes to Boston College, this is a team that ranks at the bottom 50 with regards to possessions per game. And for Notre Dame, I do like what you're able to get out of the big Nate Lazowski down low. 8.5 points, 9.5 rebounds per game. Someone that last year shot over 41% from three-point range. But with Notre Dame, when it comes to defensive efficiency, points allowed on a per-possession basis, this has been one of the worst power conference teams in all of college basketball the last few years. And I do think that that might wind up hurting them a little bit. But then again, you do have a Boston College team that they do turn the ball over a little bit too much. They, as a collective, shoot right around 38% from three-point range. So you've got sort of dueling, I guess you could call it concerns. As a result, I did wind up making Boston College a three-point underdog. I am not able to get there on the money line when it winds up being released with Boston College. But you're at between three and a half and four. I'm willing to take a shot. You've got the Langfords and DeMar Langford and Makai Ashen Langford for this Boston College team. They've been able to pump in there right around 23.5 points per game. They're both able to give you a little bit of rebounding, a combined six assists. So they do a good job as a duo out there in the backcourt. When it comes to Boston College as well, this is a bunch of which they've been able to do a good job of being able to not allow second chances. With regards to defensive rebound rate, they do rank at the top 50 in college basketball. And this is a Notre Dame team that you do have a couple players that are able to be relatively solid. Paul Atkinson Jr. winds up coming in from Yale. He's been able to get the team right around 12 points on the board, so he's been rock solid there. But I do think that Boston College is going to be able to hold up on the glass, even though they don't necessarily have ideal size. And a big reason why you would be able to have TJ Bickerstaff. The transfer from Drexel. Give the team 10.5 points, 7.5 rebounds per game. Depth is a little bit of an issue for both of these teams. Brevin Galloway has only played three games thus far this season for Boston College, so that has really left them, by and large, with a six-man rotation with James Karnick, who winds coming in from the Patriot League, having to give the same quality minutes. But he's been able to step up in that role. And you take a look at Boston College, each other top eight scorers are all shooting at least 35% from three-point range. So they've been able to do a good job there. Dane Goodwin has been able to put the ball in the basket as well, but 
when it comes to someone like a Trey Wirtz, I do have my question marks there as well. It's a spot in which I don't want to be trusting in Boston College to be able to win the game all right. Let's call it what it is. Boston College has had their deficiencies when it comes to college basketball recently, but I also don't want to be trusting in this Notre Dame defense either. I want to staking, I want to making this Notre Dame laying three. So here at a three and a half to four, I'm willing to take the points. I think that Boston College is actually going to be able to get their tempo and their tempo really, really stinking slow. And Notre Dame, not a team that's looking to go very fast as well. So I also want to say in the soil at 129, despite the fact that the efficiency of Notre Dame, not necessarily too terrific either. What is terrific, though, is that we've got so many games on the betting board, and we've got one out west that I think is going to be very fascinating. New Mexico State versus UTEP. UTEP is actually going to be playing against New Mexico State for the second time in three weeks. Last time these two teams wanted to doing battle, it was New Mexico State who was able to get the win, and it seems as though it is going to be a case in which bookmakers are thinking there might be a little bit of a different result. New Mexico State is a one-point favorite, and last time these two teams wanted to play, I believe that New Mexico State wanted winning that game by nine points. And your turn on this game is anywhere between a 135.5, seeing as high as a 137.5 out there as well. So you're seeing a little bit of fluctuation with regards to the numbers, but I know that UTEP is going to be out for blood. You've got Sully Boehm, who's going to be back in the fold. He's someone that's been able to give the team when he's been out there right around 18 to 20 points per game. But I take a look at New Mexico State. This is just too well-rounded of a team, and they're a team that they're very efficient as well. You're going to be hearing them highlighted when I do some trend spotting in the next segment when it comes to college basketball. But when it comes to UTEP, you've also got Joe Golding, who winds up taking over the program. He was the coach of Abilene Christian when they wanted taking down Texas in the NCAA tournament last year. UTEP, you could tell, is a team that's in a little bit of transition right now. Meanwhile, New Mexico State, they sort of know who they are. Teddy Allen, the top scorer in Nebraska last year. He's come in and he has not skipped a beat. He has been able to give the team 18 and a half points per game. He has been absolutely magnificent for this team. You take a look down the list and you've got a bunch of guys they're also pumping in there right around 10 points per game. This is a New Mexico State team that they always pride themselves on being able to have depth. You've been able to get right around 12 points per game out of Donnie Tillman, someone who wound up beginning his career at Utah along with UNLV. I think that he's going to be able to come through, have himself a big night. And when it comes to UTEP as well, I do like what you're able to get out of Jamal Biennemi. He's been able to give the team 17 points per game. He's been able to do a rock-solid job. And you did wind up having a couple players, including Boehm, who I mentioned a little bit earlier, come out of COVID-19 protocol for UTEP. So they're going to be a little bit more stockpiled when it comes to their talent than they wound up having in their previous game, but also Boehm wound up playing the last time that New Mexico State and UTEP wound up doing battle, and it still didn't make a difference, and with New Mexico State, this is one of the best teams with regards to team rebounding in all of college basketball as well. You don't necessarily have that one guy that's going to go out there, and he's going to give you like 10 rebounds a night or anything like that, but you've right now got five guys for this New Mexico State team. They're giving you at least four rebounds per game. Will McNair Jr. right around eight points, seven boards, Serge Jabari Rice has been able to do a nice job as a collective. New Mexico State shoots 36% from three-point range. They turn the ball over right around 12 and a half, 13 times per game. Not great, but at the same time, you got a UTEP team that they're not going to be, in my opinion, able to force those steals. So I take a look at the spot. I don't think that UTEP gets their revenge. I'm looking at New Mexico State in this spot, and we're going to be looking at some trends next when it comes to what we're seeing in college basketball. That is on the other side. Right here on the lookout on VEASAN, the Sports Bank Network.
This is the look ahead on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Prop tracks are now available at vcin.com for you to be able to keep up with all the key NFL props. Head over to vcin.com to get current odds as well as the movement each week to be able to follow the trends and find the best value. You're able to do this for odds to be able to win MVP, Coach of the Year, Rookie of the Year, and so much more. Check out, check out Prop Tracker, betting splits, key trends, and matchup data for every single game in the NFL now. That is at vcin.com slash NFL as it is a look at with myself, Greg Peterson. Got you about for another about 30 minutes. We're going to be taking a look at some trends in college basketball this segment. And then in the final segment, going to give you guys what I like for this college football, college basketball, whatever you want to call it Friday. We've got a little bit of everything, which is absolutely terrific. One of the best times of year for sports, in my opinion. But when you take a look at college basketball right now, we've got about three and a half weeks under our belt. And we haven't necessarily seen anything with regards to something demonstrative with regards to like home underdogs running away with things, unders, overs, what have you. Although I will say, if you're looking at something that's been very strange, we just noticed, and I was talking about this a little bit earlier on in the show, these low totals, these totals that are set like 125 or lower, they just seem to all be going under. We've seen some very, shall we say, bad first halves from some teams. I'm looking at you, Arizona State, and that's where we're going to be starting with regards to trend spotting right now because I don't feel like Bobby Early should have a coach at Arizona State right now, and if you've been betting on them, you probably don't think so either because Arizona State, since the beginning of the 2020-21 season, they are 7-25-1 against the spread out of 358 D1 teams. Guess where that ranks? You guessed it. Dead flipping last. It has been so bad to be watching this Arizona State team. And you thought that there was going to be balance in the Pac-12 this year. You thought that there would be some teams towards the middle that would be able to compete. And you thought that Arizona State would be one of them. I didn't think that Arizona State was going to be an NCAA tournament team per se. But I thought that they would be able to try it out there something halfway perspective, halfway perspective. With that said, I also thought that they would have a coach that would actually coach his team rather than just yell at the refs for 40 minutes. So... That was on me. I, I put a little bit of faith in Bobby Early and wound up not being able to come to the forefront. Fortunately, I did not do so when they wound up scoring 10 points in the first half against Washington State. They literally scored 10 points in the first half against Washington State. I mean, the fact that they wound up doing that is just absolutely deplorable, but I mean, it just becomes a case in which I cannot trust Arizona State until, for one, we wind up seeing a big, giant wide move and or two they just wind up being able to play a little bit better in general because I always say this when it comes to everything that we wind up seeing in college basketball. You're not betting teams, you're betting numbers. If you wind up having Arizona State become all of a sudden like a 10-point underdog against Washington State and they're still at home, well, then maybe there might be a little bit of value on Arizona State, but, man, it's going to take a lot of a line move for me to be able to trust in Arizona State anytime soon and or they need to really up things. We're getting a new head coach, which I think is probably the best option right now. But what else is very interesting is that a team that we're going to be seeing on this college basketball Friday, that'd be Kansas. And they are actually the basis of the New York Post pick, which I'm going to give you guys on the other side. If you guys caught it in the, I guess you call it 2 a.m. Eastern, 11 p.m. Pacific hour, wound up already giving it out. But Kansas, they have yet to play in under this year. They are 5-0-1. 
to the over. They haven't necessarily been playing their best defense with regards to points a lot on a per-possession basis. They are towards the middle of college basketball, right around the 150 range. I do think that this is going to reverse itself a little bit. You've got a guy in David McCormick that just hasn't lived up to his billing. Jalen Wilson, the team's top rebounder last year. You want him missing the first three games of the season. You can tell that the team has been trying to re-acclimate him a little bit more slowly. So I do think that this is something that's going to reverse itself. And that's something that's big with trends as well. You take a look at some of these that you think, hey, they might be a little bit sustainable. Like with regards to Drake, with their coach in DeVries, he has been at the program since the beginning of the 2018-19 season. They have been the best cover team Drake has been in all of college basketball. So that is something that it's like, all right, we've now got a three-year sample size. Drake has clearly been really good under this coaching regime. We can trust in them. Meanwhile, if you wind up getting like a five-game sample, and you wind up getting five overs, but they all wind up going over by half points. Like, eh, can we really make too much out of this? So I think that context is very important, but when it comes to the best team against the spread in all of college basketball since the beginning of the 2020-21 season, because I brought up the worst in Arizona State, they are going to be in action as well on Friday, and that would be Houston. And Houston, you're going to be finding them as a relatively sizable favorite here against the Bryant Bulldogs. A Bryant Bulldogs team that I think could be able to win the Northeast Conference this year. I do like what Dan Grasso has been able to do. You may recall Bryant last year went on the road against Syracuse, and Syracuse very nearly lost that game, and you wind up having Jim Bayheim crying about, oh, this and the other, but it was just Bryant playing really well, and he didn't do a good job of coaching his team, and you can see that when Syracuse winds up giving up 100 points on their home floor this year to a toothpaste in Colgate, but with that said, you've got Houston currently find themselves anywhere between a 23.5 to a 24-point favorite. I don't think that they're going to be able to cover this game, but with Houston, they certainly have been a juggernaut, and it's something that I get back to as well. Trusting in good coaches. Kevin Kruger, a very good coach. Someone like Bobby Hurley. Good grief. You want no part of him. Penny Hardaway. I mean, you get all this talent. With Memphis, they're a, in my opinion, with regards to talent, and talent alone, you take everything else out of it. I think they're a top five team in all of college basketball. The problem is they're being coached by a subpar coach, and that's putting it very politely, which is why they've right now lost a few games. So I think that that is always something that you do want to be taking a look at, and it's a big reason why Houston has been so successful these last few years and have been able to make you quite a bit of money. When it comes to another team that's going to be in action on Friday, that'd be Virginia. And they're playing against a Pittsburgh team. And this is the lowest total that you're going to be fighting on the board and justified as well. In this Pittsburgh versus Virginia game, right now you've got a total of anywhere between 114.5 and 113. I want to make it my total 114 on this game, but you take a look at Virginia. They've been able to do a tremendous job whenever they've been on the road this year, or on the road in recent years. Now, they're going to be at home in this game, so this is not going to apply here, but Virginia, 21-19-1 against the spread on the road. Since the beginning of the 2018-19 season, this is a Virginia team that when the stakes are high, when the going gets tough, they always seem to be able to find a way to pull through. Now, I think that this year's bunch is not as talented as they've been in the past. I do think that Armand Franklin is going to be a little bit of a better sharpshooter than he's been able to show here at the beginning of the season. But what this team does have going for them is the fact that you've got Tony Bennett on the sidelines. Tony Bennett has been able to do an absolutely tremendous job year in and year out with Virginia. I know that a lot of people, and I was one of them, that wound up poo-pooing him before they wound up being able to win that title, but he just year in and year out always gets his team to play really good basketball. And 
if you're taking a look at this spot as well, you've always seen the lowest totals with regards to Virginia as well. You're obviously seeing it as well in this spot. But when it comes to this Pittsburgh versus Virginia game, I actually do think that Virginia is going to be able to cover this game. I want to saying them as a 17-point favorite. When you're looking at worst power conference schools in all of college basketball, Pitt is right now number one in my rankings. Pitt is just all sorts of banged up. They were relying upon Nike Sabandi out there in the backcourt this year. He winds up having a season-ending injury weeks before the season. You've had Ethio Horton out of the fold as well. He was looked at as being a very good sharpshooter. I thought that Daniel Oladapo, the Oakland transfer, who last year had right around 12 points, 8 rebounds per game. He'd be able to do a little bit of something. Eh, wrong. You've got a Pittsburgh team that, as a collective, is shooting 61% at the free throw line and 26.5% from three, with 15 turnovers per game, and they're not even playing up-tempo. I mean, that is a recipe for disaster. John Hughley's been able to do a little bit of something down low. 16 points, 8 rebounds per game. I think that Jaden Gardner is going to be a matchup with them all down low. Gardner right around 14.5 points and 8 rebounds per game. And it's not just the stats alone with Jaden Gardner, but I mean, this is a guy that while he was at East Carolina a few years ago, he had to go up against seven foot six Taco Faller. Might be seven foot five Taco Fall, depending on which listing you're taking a look at. But he went up against Taco Fall. As a true freshman, he had 30 points and 20 rebounds against Taco Fall. I mean, if you're able to do that as a true freshman, you're able to play basketball. No fans or buts about it. And then you just take a look at his Pittsburgh team trying to get Jamarius Burton online. He wound up beginning the year a little bit banged up, and he's someone that I had a little bit of promise for. When I was at Wichita State a couple years ago, he was able to be a relatively solid contributor. He has not been able to come through with much of anything thus far. He's shooting 16% from three-point range. With Pittsburgh's, a lot of their top recruits have wound up leaving the program. You've been able to get nothing going on offense. The defense is looking very bad. I think that the towel boy has a hand injury. I mean, everything that could go wrong will go wrong for this team. So I just don't have a lot of faith in them whatsoever. And something else that has been really intriguing as well is just being able to see some of these high totals as well. Because when it comes to the most up-tempo team in all of college basketball, that would actually be College of Charleston. With regards to possessions per game, they are number one. They're actually going to be in action as well. And you always want to be noting these as well. Because with College of Charleston, while they were under the tutelage of Earl Grant, they were one of the slower teams in all of college basketball. A little bit more of an under team, but they really didn't have any big demonstrative splits. But they've been hitting overs left and right ever since Pat Kelsey, who did a terrific job with Winthrop wind up taking over the program. So that's something that you want to be taking a look at as well. And we're going to be taking a look at that College of Charleston versus Furman game in the final segment of the look at it. I'm going to be giving you guys some of my best bets that you're going to be able to have for this Friday as well. So we're going to be tying a bow around a little bit of everything that we've been talking about here the last few hours on the look at next. And that is right here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. 
The Seven from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The Seven every weekday. So follow The Seven right now. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Got to get it fixed. I don't have time and I'm not good at it. Angie is. In just a few taps in the Angie app or clicks on the site. You can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. Renters, you can use Angie too for moving, installations, or cleaning. Angie can even help with extremely specific projects. Just tell them what you need, and Angie will find the right solution for you. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com, or download the app today. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This is The Look Ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. The VSIN holiday offer is here. Right now, when you sign up for our $99 midseason football special, you'll also receive a $20 credit to the VSIN store. Get all of our expert sports betting analysis, insights, and data for the rest of the football season, plus $20 to be able to buy VSIN sports betting hats, shirts, mugs, and other great gear. Hurry up, this is a limited time offer, so sign up now for the perfect sports betting gift this holiday season. That is at vcin.com slash subscribe as it is the final segment of The Look At right here with myself, Greg Peterson, filling in for Scott Seidenberg, and I have no fear. If you're listening to this live, so that would be at right around 12.45 a.m. Pacific, 3.45 a.m. Eastern, you get me for another three hours. That's either a really good thing or a really bad thing depending on the person that you wind up asking but with that said if you're looking to listening to the replay at 3:45 a.m pacific 6:45 a.m eastern then follow the money is coming your way in about 14 minutes with our good friends mitch moss and paul howard they're gonna have brad powers on there they're going to have also gino toretto which that is actually going to be a really awesome chat and then david baker he is a two-time world series of poker bracelet winner and also the winner of the 2020 super contest so they are all locked and loaded we've got you covered just all throughout the day right here on vsim with regards to all sports and i've got you covered with some college basketball we're going to be diving into a game that i was talking about a little bit earlier with the number one team with regards to possessions per game college of charleston going on the road face off against Furman and 
Here's a shocker. You've got yourself a big total in this game. You wound up seeing it open at a 158. It is now up in a lot of spots, so right around a 160. Seeing a couple stray, 159 and S. And when it comes to Furman, you're finding them getting bet down right now. They opened up as an 8.5 point favorite. You're now finding them anywhere between a 6 and a 6.5. I do feel like this might be a move that is a little bit rash because I felt like the opening number was actually... Pretty close with Furman. I want to make them, personally, a 9.5 point favorite. When it comes to Furman, I do like what I'm seeing out of this team, and I think that they are going to be able to win the battle down low because the big thing with this Charleston team is that they don't necessarily have a ton of rebounding. You've got Underwood, who's been able to give the team right around six points per game. John Meeks has not been Meek. He winds up coming in for Bucknell. He's been able to give the team 15 points right around six points per game, so he's been able to do a very solid job, and I do like the head coaching job that Pellet Kelsey has been able to do for Charleston, but you do take a look at the flip side for this Furman team, and you've got a pair of guys out there in the backcourt and Alex Hunter along with Mike Bothwell. They're both giving you 18-plus points per game. These guys are really able to put the ball in the basket. Furman has won the top teams with regards to all of college basketball when it comes to offensive efficiency, which is merely points scored on a per-possession basis. Now, when it comes to Demetrius Underwood for Charleston as well, it's leading the way with three and a half assists per game. So this is a Charleston team that they've been doing a lot of isolation. They're just looking to gun it in general. They do wind up sometimes getting a little bit too fast for their own good in that they turn the ball over quite a bit. Now, this is a Furman team in which it's not necessarily in their DNA to force a ton of steals, but ain't half per game for their tempo. That's so relatively solid. What I think is going to doom Charleston, this is not a team that does a great job of being guard the arc. Right now, Furman, as a collective, shooting 40 and a half percent from three-point range, so that is something that's going to be good for them. Jalen Slauson, I think, is going to be able to win the battle down low, 14 and a half points, right around nine boards per game as well. And just take a look at this Furman team in general. You don't necessarily have the world's deepest rotation. They're a team that they're going to be going right around six deep, but they just have all these guys in great shape. They're all very well conditioned. And then you've got someone like a Marcus Foster. They'll give you eight points, six half boards. Very versatile player that's able to fill it up in a wide variety of ways. Sloss and two and a half blocks per game. These guys just all know their role and they know it very well. So I'm taking a look at Furman in this spot. And when it comes to the total, it is very fascinating because I wound up setting it at a 161.5. So I do agree with the line move. This is coming up very close to what I wound up setting it, but still like an over with a Charleston team that has shown absolutely no signs whatsoever of slowing down to this point. So I like the over and I like Furman in this spot. And then when it comes to my New York Post play of the day, which you're going to be able to hear, or you're going to be able to read, I should say, in the very early a.m., I wound up giving the good people of New York a team from the state of New York to fade, as I wound up going with the Kansas versus St. John's game. Right now, you're seeing Kansas, in most spots, a seven-point favorite. I'm seeing a couple very straight six and a halfs, but it is mostly seven in this spot. When it comes to the total, it is right around a 157 across the board, but I did wind up making Kansas an 8.5-point favorite. When it comes to Kansas, I do think that this is a team that is going to be able to get a little bit more down low. Jalen Wilson wound up being eased back a little bit easier after he wound up coming off of his three-game DUI suspension. He last year was a top rebounder for this team with 12 points, 8 boards thus far this year. He's been registering fewer than 15 minutes per game, so... It sounds like from the comments that Bill Self was making a few nights ago that he is going to be seeing a little bit more playing time in this game. And then David McCormick has been a little bit underwhelming down low as well with right around 8.5 points, 5.5 rebounds per game. But I think that St. John's not necessarily going to be able to match up very well with them. Joel Soriano has been able to give you 6.5 rebounds per game. He's been relatively solid. And for St. John's, this is a team that they're shooting a little bit better from three than I thought that they were going to coming into the year. Julian Champeny is a very gifted scorer with 22 points per game. But on the other end, you've got Ocean 
Obaji. He's doing an absolutely tremendous job when it comes to this Kansas team. He right now looks like an All-American, one of the better on-ball defenders that you're going to find in college basketball. He's pumping in there 24.5 points per game, and what really is the lifeblood of St. John's is forcing turnovers. In each of their last three games, they have forced at least 20 turnovers, but Kansas, they're committing right around 10 turnovers per game, so... You've got a battle of a little bit of opposites there. Kansas is yet to play an under so far this season, but I think that that comes to an end right here because it's not this a little bit closer to a 152.5 because I do think that Kansas is going to be able to rein it in with regards to tempo a little bit because they're going to be able to not turn the ball over. That is going to allow them to be able to dictate the tempo of this game. You've got a guy in Christian Braun that you like, six foot six, do a little bit of everything thing guy that's able to give you double figures, seven and a half rebounds, so he does a very solid job there. And when it comes to the St. John's team, I don't like their recent form. Ever since they wound up taking that loss to Indiana, a very close, a very spirited loss, they wind up playing a game that was much closer than they needed to against Fairleigh Dickinson. I believe that they won that game by 12 points, but nowhere near covering. They were tied with like 10 minutes left in the second half against St. Francis of Brooklyn, a St. Francis of Brooklyn team that I'm going to call it what it is. They're a bottom-of-the-road team. When it comes to the Northeastern Conference, that should not happen. And they went to overtime on their home floor in their last game against the New Jersey Institute of Technology. Now, NJIT, about like six years ago, pulled off a win in Ann Arbor against Michigan. But when you're going to overtime against NJIT, that is not a place in which you want to be. Kansas, meanwhile, they have faced some very stiff competition. They wind up losing that game against Satan, but... I took a look at that game, and with Dayton, it felt like they got a couple lucky shots in that one, including the one that wanted going in at the very end as well. So I chalked that up to a little bit of bad luck as well. One of the teams that they wanted playing, Iona, by the way, they're finding themselves as a 14-and-a-half-point favorite against Ryder. I think that that's a little bit too safe. I'm going to be taking the two touchdowns plus with Ryder in that spot. But when it comes back to Kansas, I do think that they are going to be able to get it done because they are going to be able to do a solid job down low. Now, the big thing with Kansas has been they've been right around 150th in the country with regards to defensive efficiency. But I think that being able to do a good job on the glass is going to be able to help them out with that when it comes to Seth Smith over there at St. John's. He's able to give the team 10 points per game. He hasn't necessarily been able to find it from three-point range as well. So I do have my concerns when it comes to the St. John's team. As a result, I wound up setting them as an eight and a half point favorite. So here with the line mostly at seven, going to be laying it here with the Kansas Jayhawks. So we're going to be going with a little bit of a blue blood there. Wound up going through a little bit earlier. The fact that I do like Illinois in this spot, even if you don't wind up having Andre Corbello play. Andre Corbello, in my opinion, was the reason why Illinois earlier this season in this game against Barquette wound up losing that one. So I do think that there is a good amount of value here, especially with Rutgers, just looking the way that they did. They were able to take down Clemson, but I don't know about you, but I can never trust any Brad, but now Coach Cheem, and that was the case once again. So getting Illinois here right around a 7-half, I do think that that's going to be a solid take as well. I really don't have as much when it comes to the NBA. When it comes to the NBA, I'm a little bit more of an in-game better, so I'm not going to give you guys as much there, but when it comes to college football, I do think that you've got a lot of value with the under, despite the little bit of the line move that we wound up seeing in Oregon versus Utah. Last time these two teams wound up playing, they didn't even get to 45, let alone the current line that we're seeing right around a 57.5 to a 58. Utah's defense has been able to just buckle down. They have been very solid. I do think that both of these teams are going to look to run the ball 
quite a bit in this game as well. Now, when it comes to the side, I'm going to be taking a look at Utah as well. But last time these two teams wound up playing, Travis I wound up only getting six carries for Oregon. I certainly think that that's going to reverse itself a little bit. And then you take a look at Utah. This has been a bunch in which they have just done a good job of being able to take down the aerial attack. They're giving up fewer than 200 yards per game via passing, and then Tavion Thomas. He's been able to do a very good job for Utah. 18 rushing touchdowns. He's averaging 5.5 yards per carry, and it's what Utah doesn't do as well. They don't turn the ball over. I really like the way that this bunch has been able to come together. Oregon, they wound up having their, shall we say, close calls earlier in the season against the likes of Washington, against the likes of Arizona, when they should have taken care of business. They weren't able to do so, so I have some concerns there. So I'm going to be riding with Utah in this game, and I'm going to be going with the total under, and that is going to just about do it for the look at. Just a friendly reminder, if you're listening to the replay of this, follow the money. With Mitch Moss, Paul Yower, that is going to be coming up next. We've got you covered wall-to-wall -wall here on VSIN with everything that you need to know on every sport as this is the Sports Bank Network VSIN. This has been Look At and Follow the Money. Going to be coming up next. This is VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Whether you're a novice or a seasoned veteran in the sportsbook, VSIN is here to help you improve your sports betting skills. VSIN has assembled the leading team of insiders and handicappers to analyze every angle of every game so you can make every game. 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 At Bed365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bed365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air, and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side -side action and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.